Craft Beer Radio, episode 476, on September 7th, 2018. And welcome, everybody, to Craft Beer Radio, or, or Crappy Radio, as the as the transcripts that we tried. I took last week's show and ran it into uh, some cloud audio analysis uh, transcription stuff. And uh, for our kind of content, not no. so accurate. We, we should read some of it later, but for right now, we have uh, a smaller show this time just to um, ease ourselves back. We had a week off and we're easing Get those livers back. back up to speed. So, what do we have first, Jeff? Let's do Family Vacation. This is, I think, our last Roadhouse beer. Yes, uh, yep. Roadhouse sent us a bunch of stuff, uh, which did mostly been very good, except for last time, which had not a very good thing <laughs> at all. So this is Family Vacation, 4.9% alcohol by volume, 15 IBU, an American blonde. Crushable ale, as it says on the label. Here you go, sir. Pairs with float trips, mom's apple pie, and jam grass. So I think there's more information on here as to what's in it, right? Or maybe not. Hmm. It's just cloudier than mine. Do we need the blendy blend? Perhaps. It is. Yeah, there's not much information on their site or on the can as to what's in here, unfortunately. But, uh, sessionable, you know, 4.9%. That's sessionable. Uh, I guess, you know, under... Under most uh, definitions. I mean, I typically like to say 4.5 or under, but okay. yeah, I mean, 4.9 is close enough. But like, that's Budweiser, right? I mean, yeah. So is that, is Bud, does it mean Budweiser is a session beer? Doesn't doesn't feel that way. I don't know. All right. So this pours a um, kind of a cloudy straw color with a white foamy head everything's got haze these days <laughs> it's all about the haze i don't know if i told you when i was at hitchhiker for you know they had a couple of their hazies and whatnot but they had an english bitter on the english bitter was really good but it still had like a haziness to it you mm-hmm. know where i wasn't expecting and, and i also thought it had kind of an american hop profile so it was an interesting kind of americanized bitter i do i mean like Bridge Gentleman is a really good English mild that uh, I don't know if I'd ever like take home in a growler, but it's it's good to have there. It's only like three point four percent or something, and it's just a really nice, simple. Yeah. So back to this one, the family vacation beer from Roadhouse in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Uh, it has kind of a crackery type malt aroma to it, a little bit of like straw grassiness. So the only thing that they have here in the description is uh, they say it's dry hopped, delicately, uh, and uh, American Pilsner malt. Huh. Moving on to the flavor, it has kind of a white wine Chardonnay flavor to it. Yeah. Kind of, kind of grapey, interesting. grapey and straw, like, or oaky. Do you think they would use Nelson Savine in, in a blonde? It feels so. like that's an expensive hop to use for a blonde ale, right? That's interesting. Unexpected. Very whiny. I don't think it's spoiled. It doesn't taste really off. It doesn't anyway. taste off, but you're right that there's a kind of grapey, 
quality to it. I wonder if it's because we just ate crickets or grasshoppers. Right? We had like one grasshopper almost yeah. an hour ago. I don't right. think that's really going to. Hmm. I mean, it could be just us compounding each other, right? You know, uh, like you taste something, I I taste it, and yeah, I mean, there's some beeriness into it, but it, it almost seems like a a white wine spritzer. Once you, I mean, as soon as you said that, it clicked yeah. for me. So I don't know if I was having this blind, if that would be the same right. thing. I guess is there's a little grassy note too. I'm not getting too much of like a. A uh, biscuity thing, or maybe a, a um, English muffin thing, which is ten, which tends to be what I associate with pilsner malt, mm-hmm. like a big pilsner malt thing. Yeah, I'm not getting anything that's too pilsner. I think it's more of just a, a pale malt. They say pilsner malt, so do they? Mm-hmm. It's not gonna be a cross very. At least not like a continental pilsner does. You know, maybe it's North American or something. It tastes a little granity. There's a little bit of uh, hardness to the water here. It's it's a it's very it, it's crisp. I'll give it that. You know, it it, it ends quickly. Um, it's it, it's drinkable. It's quaffable. Yeah. If you had, if you didn't have it under this microscope, would you notice this wine? You think probably. Not. I think I, I think I would have. It was for me. First couple sips was like so white wine. Hmm. Now it's less so. Getting used to it, or but I still think I would have picked that up no matter the environment. I'm starting to get more of the Pilsner malt now. It's coming through, but yeah, that first, I may, it was just a maybe an adjustment period. I mean, we just maybe it was the big hop we had before this. I don't know. And um, it's been fifteen minutes since we've had that beer, though. It still lingers on the tongue. Yeah, I don't know. Trying to find excuses. I mean, it's a perfectly fine beer, but it's just in that last sip, I took a, a good deal of it, and I got whiny again. Yeah, yeah. Same thing here. I finished with a big mm-hmm. gulp, and it tasted like. What makes me think of is, you know, when you go to a wedding and there's those little wine bottles? Yes. It tastes like that kind of wine. <laughs> the little little Chardonnays. Little, little I, I, keep, I keep those around uh, the house because they're good for cooking. Uh-huh. Uh, and you know, they say don't use a wine you wouldn't drink right. to cook with. And I guess those are drinkable. All right. So next we have another beer that was uh, given to us by the brewer. This was by East End. For the culture! Yes. This is uh, their first and new Brute IPA. It's also brewed collaboration with Black Brew Culture. Black Brew Culture for Fresh Fest, which was that Black Brewers um, Beer Fest they had here in Pittsburgh. Hmm. Nation's first like Black Brewers Fest. And a lot of Pittsburgh breweries, which you know probably have relatively low Black employees, um, collaborated with notable people of color mm-hmm. in the in the city and they all did collaborations as well that's cool and cool. Uh, and so the culture also you put uh, some kind of enzyme into the beer after it's fermented in the fermenters and it um drops the gravity on the beer like basically takes all the undissolved like fermentables and drops it out so 
we should think about what you know what a brut means. The brut champagne is, I think, it's the dry one. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. A rich... So this is basically taking an IPA and just dry. It's supposed to be drying it out. Um, this is. I don't we're talking know. more about the finish. So like when uh, a wet finish is something where there's a lingering taste and something like that. Mm-hmm. A dry finish kind of cuts off. So cuts off. It can also be. Times we talk about mineraliness, I kind of equate that with mm-hmm. a dryness, you know, and you get kind of more of that like mineraliness to it as well. Like when you think of dry ciders and and dry wines and things like that. When you're talking about something being crisp, that's essentially what yeah. you're saying is is mm-hmm. that it it cuts off pretty quick and it doesn't linger. Yeah, I've only had two beers that have called themselves brewed IPAs. I've had this beer and one from another local brewery. Um, the one from the other local brewery, you know, from Allegheny City, and the only the only place they mentioned the beer was on their Facebook page. And they only called it a brute IPA. It tasted like an apricot beer, though. Mm. So I don't know if fruit was fruit had to be added to that beer. It was so apricotty. This is seven point nine percent by volume, which is pretty high. Uh, it's it pours with uh, kind of similar in color to the family vacation, a little bit darker. Scott mentioned like the final gravity on this one, and uh, he gave it to me in Plato. He's like, it was like a negative one. Yeah, <laughs> Plato goes below zero. I guess zero is probably water, right? Uh, so you know, think of. Other other popular beers that are less dense than water, Orval is one of them, right? Orval, I think, has a final gravity of like 0.97. Oh, I'm going to pour this on top of my water and see if it floats. Oh. I think you're going to have to do it a little more carefully. Yeah. And it's going to just dilute in the water. Yes. Oh, well. That's a silly idea. Yeah, very much so. I'm smelling a little tangerine on the nose. Okay. Apple, maybe? Yeah, so actually I forgot about aroma. I just took a sip. (laughs) (laughs) No, so the aroma on this one, it kind of has, yeah, like um, like dried fruits or uh, I think there's like a melon. I just took a sip. Yeah, honeydew. I I just took a sip, so I think melon's big in the flavor, so that's going to be hard for me to talk about Mm. aroma prior to... Hmm. Hops are the thing that that, that jump out at me first. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty phase two ish, uh, kind of strong on the cascade. Yeah, to me, I'm getting. Actually, I'm getting different things. In my first sip, I'm getting orange. There's orange, orange oil. kind of like a honeydew type melon flavor. Um. Maybe a little bit of mango in there as well. It has it has kind of a sweetness in the middle, but it definitely finishes on the dry side. Yeah, it finishes like. towards dry. I would say it doesn't go all the way. Yeah, uh, which is probably I mean, how can it's probably hard to do with a eight percent IPA. Yeah, I'd be curious to try more, especially like mm-hmm. some of the original brute IPAs, and see if they actually taste like a, a brute champagne, mm-hmm. like at least mouthfeel wise. I mean, with this much hops, there's, there's there's always going to be a lingering bitterness. I think I don't know how you can cut that off completely. No, I think you're right there. Um, it's not bad. I, I I'm actually kind of enjoying it because it's it's a different sort of thing than I'm used to. Mm-hmm. It has a kind of mm, has a kind of buckwheaty thing going on, where where the end kind of goes. All hops and it 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 is a twist on a flavor you're used to, and so that kind of yeah. is interesting. Well, think about how like you know all like the residual 
malt stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, all the unfermentable sugars, those have been converted and fermented. So you're getting a different protein profile or, you know, just more, maybe more pure. I, I don't know what the chemical, I'm not a chemist, right? I'm not sure exactly what's left. But, you know, you're definitely having a different balance of leftovers in the flavor here. So I'm not surprised that the malt kind of comes across a bit differently. Uh, I, You know, it, I, I like how this one, for me, melons that big flavor. And I like how it showcases the melon. It's not just the same old mm-hmm. hop flavors in the beers, um, you know, in so many beers that we've had. I also yeah, this is different, and this is uh, yeah, I like that it's different, and I like what it's giving me. It, it finishes pretty quickly; like you don't get a big aftertaste on mm-hmm. this. You know, the hops even go away pretty quickly, quicker than you might expect. Yeah, and if we, for an eight percent IPA, it finishes remarkably quickly. Yeah, well, that's that's certain for sure. When you compare this to mm-hmm. like a, a double IPA of the same ABV. Mm-hmm. Those ones have so much more body to it than this guy has. There's a lot of tingle, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, sharpness in the yeah. carbonation, uh, which you know it's, it's similar yeah. to a to a brute style champagne. I, I, do they use like brute yeast? No. Hmm. Yeah, that was something Scott and I were talking about. Um, I was kind of surprised that they just. I'm not sure what yeast he ended up using for this one, but no, it's just kind of regular yeasts, whatever you would normally use. It's the enzyme that they put. And the enzyme works cold side. You put it in the fermenter. Huh. Enzymes are remarkable. (laughs) They really are. I don't have the name of the enzyme enzyme handy, unfortunately. It's all right. You can look it up if you want to. This is probably going to be a short show, so... Just want to get out of the way, our little plug thing. Yes. I logged in and, and checked for the first time in ages, and people were still using the link, so I appreciate that. Very helpful. The fridge is bare, so I'm going to have to make a trip out and get stock up, so I'll be dipping into those funds to fill the fridge with delicious beers. Can't wait. Yes. So if you want to, you know, restock the fund for the next time I have to fill the fridge with beers... All you have to do is, when you shop online, shop at craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Just remember to go there first, and it takes you to where you think you're going to go, and you don't have to do anything extra. You've already helped us out. Uh, the more you buy, the more you help us. And the better you feel. So yes. your opinion is a review. <laughs> okay, should we do the dogfish head, or should we do the asshole? Probably do the Aslan. Probably do the Aslan. Yeah, so Greg, our very, very kind listener from the Virginia area, sends us Aslan occasionally. And uh, this one is El Frutero Sour Ale. With, um, check to make sure the version on here. This is mango, lime, sea salt, and chili peppers, 5% alcohol by volume. There's a, it's quite a frog with the... Like a fruit pop, but it's on fire. They have another one that has watermelon, so just want to make yeah. sure that you know you know this one is the the mango version. Um, we've had our differences with fruited IPAs, <laughs> so we'll see how this one does. This one doesn't doesn't appear very hazy. Is this? Uh... I can always haze it up if you want. Probably some in the bottom. 
But, I mean, this is more like a... So this just says sour ale. Do you get IPA anywhere else? No. I'm thinking this is a... a and they call it an American Wild Ale on Beer Advocate, okay. so... Um, okay. I was thinking more of a... When I read the thing, I was expecting like a spicy goza. Mm. Because there's salt in it. Salt and, yeah, lime. It's kind of like a margarita. It may very well be. I don't, you know, have any other information on it beside what's in here on Beer Advocate. But uh, 5%. Lime is pretty big on the aroma. Mm. Pours hmm. kind of a pale yellow. The, these have all been the same color. <laughs> Mine's a little more hazy than yours. Then we blendy blend. Yeah, let's blend that. So we know we're having the same beer. Nope. I just took a sip. My guess was is pretty close. It's it's a spicy goza. Okay. No IPA this time. No hazy this time. At least not not the same kind of haze. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Kind of a uh, Poblano-like uh, mm-hmm. spice. You know, more milder. Um, approaching Serrano as opposed to Jalapeno, but in, in the milder range. Yeah. Pretty, pretty all-around spice, though. Like it, mm-hmm. Well, it's not like... It's not hot, it's zingy. It has a really big zing to it. And um, the lime's a big flavor in there. You know, you get the saltiness like it goes. It has a light kettle sour to it. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of a... It's a cocktail beer, right? I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's more that's sort of what it's going for. It's not really trying to be anything other than that. Uh, it doesn't succeed at being anything other than that. But that's fine. Uh-huh. Uh, that's what it's going for. Yeah, like this one, we're not going to be sitting here dissecting mm-hmm. every nuance of it. This is one we're just going to enjoy the spice. Most pepper beers, I mean, that's kind of what you do, right? You just... I do like the spice here. I think it's 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 utilized well. It has, I'm not, I like spiciness, but I don't like over, over too spicy. You like really spicy stuff. I'm more on the side of, I like a little bit of a kick, but I don't like much more than that. Mm-hmm. This has a little bit of a kick. A little bit more than a little bit of a kick, but enough that I'm aware of it, but it's not getting to the point where it's annoying. It's like a continuous sort of pepper, mm-hmm. um, but it's not like getting hot, so hot I need to reach for some water or something to cool it yeah. down. Yeah, no, you're right. I dig it. But like I said, what am I going to say about it other than that? We should have another commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, boy, I don't have anything loaded up. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. This is going to be a short show. <laughs> Unless the dogfish head gives us 30 minutes, it's not to talk about. That's okay. Let people get back to their day. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh. Oh, what? It's a song I wanted to play. Oh. Uh, we'll do it next time. Okay. Thought maybe you found some beery news or mm-hmm. something. No. No, no beery news. Yeah, I can't think of anything. Head down at work. Yeah, me too. 
uh, working on this product, trying to get it out. And when I haven't been at, at work, I've been um, playing PlayStation, really, mostly. I have tried to stay away from news and all this stuff. I feel so much better when I'm not constantly reading the negativity and stuff all the time. Happy I left Twitter. Yeah, happy. Um, maybe I'll come back to it someday. You missed Ted Cruz epically failing on a slam dunk. <laughs> what doesn't Ted Cruz epically fail? <laughs> it was so good. Sorry, uh, they're all you Ted Cruz fans. <laughs> um, yeah, so like I said, it's really hard. It's really hard to dig into mango, lime, sea salt, and chili pepper beer. Mm-hmm. I like the balance on this beer. Yes. It's it's good. Especially if you want some medium heat to it. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. Maybe the mango could be bumped up a little bit. I just... Like, I completely forgot there was mango in it until I just looked at the label again. The lime takes over. Yeah. yeah it's like margarita. Mm-hmm. And it's like having, you know, something spi- Mexican spicy something and then going to a margarita to wash it down. That's kind of what you got here. Mm-hmm. Pretty much exactly that, yeah. Okay, our final beer. All right, make sure you rinse your glass good. Mm-hmm. Is uh, Bitches Brew, but this is the wood-aged version of Bitches Brew. So we've had Bitches Brew before. Um, brewed in the honor of the 40th anniversary of Miles Davis's 1970s landmark jazz fusion record, Bitches Brew. Runs a three, fusion of three threads of imperial stout, aged on oak. Uh, one thread of Taj, a native African honey beer, aged in Palo. Okay, so they used a Palo Santo barrel. Yeah. Fooder. So, 9% uh, knock by volume 38 IBU. This should be available year-round. Here, they're a different color now. <laughs> pitch, <laughs> We've had a bunch black. of straw colors. Now this is very, very dark. Very dark pitch indeed. black, where... The head looks like a chocolate milkshake. The wood comes through in the aroma. The wood and a little bit of chocolate, too. A bit of chocolate, yeah. Like a baker's chocolate. Mm. The Polo Santo is a pretty distinctive wood, right? It's very aromatic. It's that yes. South American mm-hmm. wood that they, they Dogfish started with their Polo Santo Moran. And it was a, it was a wood typically used for flooring, <laughs> and they decided to make a, you know, vessels out of it for holding beer and imparting the flavor. Uh, you know, I, we haven't talked about Dockers. We haven't had them in a while, but I give them a lot of credit for, um, for inspiring a lot of brewers to try different things. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. They were like the original, like Gonzo. Yeah, Gonzo is a bad word because dog, a flying dog, kind of, you know, grabbed onto that. But you know, just like really going wild with the ingredients and trying whatever. You know, it's hard to think of someone who was doing it on that scale as early as they were. Yeah, especially since a lot of brewers at the time that were coming up were focusing on, on tradition. Right, Heinz Kaboo, that kind of stuff, and and what you can do in there, and dogfish, and there was Sam. Uh, saying no, we're going crazy and we're going to do this, and and always trying to release something good. 
mm-hmm. also. Um, he's gone to festivals with stuff that's pretty, <laughs> pretty rank, but he has bottled stuff that, for the most part, yeah, I think has always been pretty good on some level. Yeah, I think the first American sour that I had was from them. Ocarat, right? Not Ocarat. Yeah. Um, Festina Lenta. Ah. I remember Ocarat. I remember really liking it. Probably would not think it's that great now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, don't, I haven't seen that one in ages. No, they, they have. They don't make it. Um, yeah, that was a really cool one. Um, yeah, they did so many. They were like they were like so so many neat things. I mean, even. Even doing when they did malt, liqueur de malt, right? Where they did that malt liquor yeah. and they packaged it. It was a good beer. You know, they, you know, this malt liquor, they packaged it in a 40, the hand stamp paper mm-hmm. bag. You still have one, right? I do, yeah. Took a nice big sip. I'm getting the same thing that I'm roughly gotten the flavor. I mean, wood notes, chocolate notes. Mm-hmm. A little, little bit of an astringency. Uh, Body is a lot thinner than I was hoping for. So, like, I taste, I smelled this chocolatey thing, this barrelly thing. I remember it's got it's got a meat in it, right? I mean, so it's it's yeah. So I took a sip, and it kind of had the the thin, like fizzy bubble type flavors, and I was expecting something more oily, more motor oily, you know, and I'll take take a while. I'll get used to it, and I'll see. But my first impression was like. Huh. I think if you're thinking like Russian Imperial or, you know, Huggable Imperial style, this is not what this beer right. is going for. This beer is going for new flavors or, or new combinations of flavors and trying to um, just trying to integrate them well. Right. Let's see. This was bottled January. So it's got oak and palo. I, I can taste some of the oak too, I think. Yeah. I need to get past. I'm kind of getting this like you know when like a homebrew like starts to get infected and it gets that really high carbonation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm tasting that carbonation, right? And it's kind of washing like I don't taste that. Mm-hmm. I taste a lot of woodiness. And that's leading to sort of those bitter chocolate stuff that I'm talking about. A little, little vanillin too, a little vanilla. Uh, and that's also giving me, I think, a bit of astringency. It's it's really a lot of wood. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of wood backed up by uh, a kind of out of get out of the way of the wood stout and and yeah. The the, the malts really are not presenting too much here. It's letting the wood do all the talking. I taste little bits here and there. I kind of get you know. This one doesn't have the body. I remember in Bitches Brew. I just think something got in there and kind of dropped the body out. I think something kind of fermented away all the residuals that normally stay in there. Eh. I remember having a sweeter beer. I remember, I mean, unless the wood really changes that much, but I remember Bitches Brew having kind of being a little more on the sweet side, having a fuller body. Um, the more I drink this, the more I think this bottle might might be starting to turn. Well, I mean, I'll go with... with, with it I doesn't taste bad to me. I don't taste that. But uh, 
So this was January, mm-hmm. January 12th. It, it's possible. It doesn't taste bad to me, but it doesn't mm-hmm. taste... I mean, as a as a drinker, it's not exactly super exceptional either. I, I, I feel like um, the wood is not... It's not like, I'm a, oh, I'm loving the wood. Yeah, it's just, right. I mean, I'm presented with the wood, and I, and I get it. But I'm not um, wild for it. It's there. Now I'm tasting like a, a big, like, sherry, like, oxidized type flavor. I taste some of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, I think the bottle's not, it's healthiest. It's not spoiled yet, but I think it's on the road. All right, well, so that that's, you know, we're doing a short show this time, so that's a show. Let's uh, let's rank. Uh, okay, I'm going to put the Roadhouse in last place. Um, you know, uh, that that whiny character... It was weird. ...was weird, and it came through, it came back at the end, which sort of solidified my mm-hmm. uh, my thinking on this. Because I, I thought it was getting adapted to it, and then I had a swing, and it came back i think you, you pretty much put them in the exact order that i was thinking there's only so, four beers it's easy to match yeah up. yeah uh in in third place is this uh dogfish head like i said fine i get i'm getting what uh getting what i think they're going for with perhaps some spoilage or some oxidation but i don't i don't think the beer is going to be that much different if i had it super fresh it's mostly about the wood in uh, the Aslan is is in second place, a cocktail beer, there to give you some spiciness, but not to do anything else. The thing that that puts it above the other stuff is is that the spiciness is really well done. It's well integrated, and I I dig it. I'm still feeling a little bit of the burn, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not a burn that is that hurts. Right, it's a burn that's a nice. It's a little nice endorphin. And that's it. Yep. Uh, and then in first place, yeah, East End. This this is might be the first time I put an East End beer in first place. But yeah, that brute was interesting. I I, I digged it. Uh, and I uh, would not be something that I would have all the time. But as a as an ex, as something to try and as an interesting way of doing things, I like it. Yeah, I agree with you on the rankings. The family vacation beer goes in last place. So Roadhouse, <laughs> they started out so strong. We were loving their beers. And then the last two were kind of the, the ones that are at the bottom of the pack. I don't know what was up with that beer. I can't imagine that every can of family vacation tastes like a little wine spritzer thing. <laughs> but uh, this one did. Well, and then the Bitches Brew... Yeah, I, I just it had a super high level carbonation, thin body, a little bit oxidized. It felt like an infection was starting to take hold in there, but hasn't really given too many off flavors. But I think it, I think it, you know, chomped away at the body because I don't know. I remember Bitches Brew, you know, it used to come in that seven fifty with the cork, and I remember that being a big luscious beer, and this one was just a thin facsimile of of what that was. The Aslan El Frutero with mango, lime, sea salt, and chili pepper. Um, well done beer. You know, it's just very hard to be verbose about a spicy goza. Mm-hmm. But as far as spicy gozas go, that's a good beer. Yes. You know, if we were. That's doing, a good spicy goza. 
spicy goza beer radio you know it would have come in first place <laughs> you could probably do at least 10 episodes <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah east ends for the culture my first brute ipa uh what i liked about this beer i liked the melon i liked how it showcased the melon it kind of put it out front there it's kind of like this melony hop juice and you know it it's it's also different on draft. I had some on draft last week as well. Uh, probably slightly better on draft. Um, I I do want to try more brute IPAs. I've had two. Like I said, the other one, I think was mislabeled. I, I can't imagine they got that kind of apricot flavor from ferment yeah. and from hops. It just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, I want to try some of the guys out west who kind of invented the style and see what they think mm-hmm. the style tastes like is really what I want to try. But uh, for the culture from East End here in Pittsburgh, it's a pretty good, pretty good example of it for your, you know, cutting your teeth on brewed IPA. All right. This is uh, Blood in the Cut by K-Flay. Thank you, everyone, for listening to a short version of craft beer radio we really do appreciate it you know we don't have to do six beers every single time mm-hmm. and uh, the fridge is a little light like i mentioned earlier so we'll get stocked up and we'll be back to normal uh, real soon thank you uh, if you want to contact us just send us an email beer at craftbeerradio.com then greg gets to play too mm. Okay, so my friends can't see my heart in the blender.